Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Blue Abroad Show. We've got a, a different look about us today, Dan. Good evening to you, mate. Good evening, mate. How are you doing? This is swung. Mate, this is, we've really stepped it up here. Uh, I guess we should let the cat out of the bag. Cat out of the bag. We are recording this thanks to our friend Shad Watson from Assertive Media. And this will be our new regular spot for the Monday show at 7 p.m. So big shout out to Shad. And uh, please show some support to Shad by liking his page, Assertive Media. And if you have any production requirements or anything like that i'm sure he'll be able to help you out being the great carlton man that he is um mate good to be good to be in the flesh with you um it's weird, this we're in high definition you know we've uh we won't have any time there'll be no static today um but look let's the purpose of this is really just to recap the preseason. it's been a long preseason. um we'll talk a little bit about the women as well some players that we want to look out for and uh, should be fun. Then we'll get to some, some fan questions. So the format's going to be a little bit different. But Dan, kick us off, mate. Um, let's start with the women because obviously they had a pretty good win. Um, and tell me about what you saw there. I thought it was a really impressive performance moving forward for the girls. They've uh, won three in a row now. Two bigger fixtures coming up in the next couple of weeks for them. So, I mean, St. Kilda, I thought, came out of the blocks really strong, really hard. And I thought what was really, really positive about the girls is the way that they managed to hold on and then really take the game away as the game got harder. Karen Harrington, though, I mean, her ability to intercept Mark yeah. and set up transition really helps Halford's side out. It's really nice watching a Carlton side where Blue actually set the benchmark for how football should be played. It is a really exciting style the girls play. And to be honest, I think it's probably the most exciting thing I've seen from a Carlton team in two years. Yeah. Every time I go to Icon Park and watch the girls play, I obviously there's a lot of people in the crowd and you, you get that real local flavor and that local feel. And um, it's just, I think we've all been crying out for a reason to go back to Icon Park and have games of footy played there. And this has been the perfect substitute for that. It's something that we've, we've lacked and any excuse to go back to the, the second home, the spiritual home is a good one for me. Oh, 100%. I mean, there's something about team, Carlton teams that play at Icon. It's uh, historically a place where we had domination. And to see the girls add to that is just really exciting. I mean, like when you look at team players like Sarah Hoskin, Taylor Harris, even Darcy Vessio, she's been coming under a lot of flack. It's, they seem to lift when they're at home at Icon. And it's really becoming a tough place to go, which is what we want Icon to be. We want Icon to be the fortress in Melbourne. So looking ahead, they're, they're all but locked in a final spot, right? Because they're going to definitely finish in that top three of the conference. I'm still getting my head around how the system yep, works. It, it should be all sewn up now, mathematically. Yeah, well, you think so, but we are the Carlton Football Club. You, you never know. We like to throw <laughs> curveball. They've yeah. got Melbourne next week as yeah. well, so Darcy. I mean, they've got da um, Daisy Pierce to uh, contend with. Yep. But, I mean... You've got to play, beat the finals teams to win finals football. So, I mean, it's, I mean, for me, I had them second favourites behind Adelaide. I'd say they're right neck and neck now, the Carlton girls. They're yeah. playing some good football. And that's a tough style to break down. Yeah. Prasparkas just goes again. Just a lazy 26. She's a joke, isn't she? Prasparkas. I'm not going to lie. When I left the game, I wasn't looking at the stats during the game. When I left, I can't really say that I noticed her too much. And I'm always looking out for her. And then I had a look. She just had what I thought was a unassuming 26 it's the amount of ground she covers as well she's yep. very like sam walsh in the avenue that she just seems to have legs for days yep. and she can just get up and down the ground with ease she seems to be in every passage of carlton play like there was a lot of times harrington would ping a mark and suddenly 
Prasparkis was next to her, and yeah. then suddenly she'd appear in the forward pocket. Yeah. And it's insane how much ground she covers. Super fit girl, super athlete. And I think it's exciting to see these girls will be like the Lockets, the Ablett seniors of the names. These When our girls are 18, 21, yep. these are the girls that they'll look back who started it because they're really taking it on. Like Prasparkis really plays uh, appealing type of football for a, a guy to watch. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I, I was pleasantly surprised at just the diversity of the people at the games at that when I've been there. Uh, I think, you know, you still get to go and have your beer at the, at the footy. That's what it's all about. Um, and I don't think it really matters who you're watching because it's our footy club. Oh, I mean, I mean, for me, I, I think I, I cut this out of my video. I went on a little political rant and I tried to avoid political rants. But I mean, for me, uh -oh. <laughs> well, no, for me, one thing I thought what was beautiful about the Carlton Respects game is I think there's a bigger picture for over domestic violence. I think when yep. we look at how we react as a football club, genuinely Carlton fans are really supportive of the girls. Mm -hmm. And to me, I always look at microaggressions. And I think when you start saying labels like this is subpar, this is insignificant compared to the men's game, yep. that is the breeding ground of domestic violence for young kids. Yep. My, my son grows up and he watches the girls as if they're men. They're yep. heroes to him. I think the minute you start saying it's different and it's subservient and it's not as good, that's when you're breeding that next generation of people who will potentially abuse because you accept it. Yep. Where to me, it's really good the fact that I see from Carlton fans, it's equal, the support. People seem to love the girls just as much as the boys. Yeah. I see them irrational conversations in the women's game as I do in the men's, the passion, yep. the emotion. And to me, that's something that I think as a football club, we should be really proud of, yep. that we're behind these girls just as much as the men. No doubt. And I think that's a big support for Carlton, that, that we're better than any other club yeah. doing that, I think. No doubt. One thing I probably, growing up, I didn't realize whether it's just improved now, but all of our administrators are there. A lot of the boys are there mingling. There's no, there used to be a real divide between fan and club in terms of administrators and players. But at the women's game, everyone that I've been to, like Brad Lloyd, for example, he will, he'll walk past, he'll say good day. We'll talk about the, the, you know, the redevelopment. It's just a re, it's just, it's been taken back a peg and we've localized the game again. And I'm, I'm obsessed. Oh, I think as well, the Avenue Carlton Football Club has gone down as a whole of that we are one, we are united, yeah. is a much better message than the we are coming. Yep. Because yep. I, I think to me, what I understand about Carlton is when I do all these videos about the 17 other football clubs, the club that's embraced me the most has always been my own fan base, Carlton. Mm -hmm. They've always looked past the fact that I'm a palm, I talk funny, things like that. They've always made me feel. Do you like just? Yeah, well, I, I don't hear it anymore. I, I sound like you guys, but everything yeah. I don't. Nah. But like to me, I think that's a wonderful message, and it's something that I'm really proud of. Yeah. The fact that we are so inclusive as a football club. Yeah, like, yeah. And I think that makes us the best club in the land. Yep. No, that's a fact, mate. Straight facts. Well, let's turn our focus to the men's. We'll focus on the game and then do a bit of a high-level recap. But before we do that, um, thank thank you for tuning in. If you're watching, please give the video a share. Uh, so we can help spread the word. We're in a new flashy studio here. Our um, rental blew abroad HQ, thanks to Shad Watson at Assertive Media. So um, very grateful for that. But let's turn to the men. It was, um, I did miss the game live. I had my, and I'll take a moment to, to plug my, my sister's engagement. Um, my kid sister, first one in the family to get engaged. So I was um, occupied there. It was a great day. And um, she's lucky that the game wasn't during the regular season. Otherwise, there would have been an issue. But no, I'm, I'm happy for, for Steph and uh, wish her nothing but the best. But onto the game. Tell me what you saw from your viewpoint. 
Well, I mean, I've watched the game five times now. So, I mean, yeah. like, based on how Carlton fans are reacting to the game, the fact that I'm still here is an absolute miraculous, really. But, I mean, let's be honest. The first first quarter and a half, really good football, really good movement. It was very direct. For some reason, it was really a surprise to me that Carlton used the corridor because under the Bolton era, I don't think Bolton believed there was a middle of the ground. Yep. It was a myth. But it was really exciting football. And then the second half, it kind of was very, let's say, abstract. And there is some statistical reasons why the second half was poorer than the first. There is some massive reasons behind it. Um, I think in the comments at the moment, there is some of the sheets. If you look at the center bounce sheet, you can see that, that the center bounce, the personnel around center bounce, we got battered in that department in the second half. Neil ran rapid because Ed Kerner was off him. I don't think you'll see that in the season. There is no way that David Teague is that ludicrous that he would pull Ed Kerner off a guy who can get 30 touches yeah. and take a game away. But for me, I think what my take out is if we don't have Walsh, Kerner and Cripper on the ball, we're doomed. Yeah. We are doomed. To me, when you look at, look at particularly at the stats that we're just putting up on the screen there, Murphy... When he's on the ball, he's ineffective. But Murphy, when he's on the outside, is our most efficient user. It's quite interesting. Murphy, when he received a handball from a contest, hit 100% of targets. This game style requires targets to be hit. And for me, when you look at the disposal efficiencies of some of our midfielders, you've got Will Satfield on 57%, Noon's on 40 um, Dow is 35 I believe, off the top of my head. Now, them guys all got 18 to 20 touches each. And for this game style to work, our people in the middle who are receiving the ball primary have to be working at 65 as a bare minimum. Yeah. The top eight all lead the competition in points from turnover. So if we're turning the ball over with our direct game style, we're playing Richmond come at us football. And unfortunately, the only way to beat Richmond is play their game style, high risk, high reward. And if we don't get it quite right, we will get rolled over by teams like like Brisbane did. They play yeah. a Richmond junior side. Yeah, I think I'm not sure what, what you have gone into this this preseason when we play our practice games and when we play these Marsh community series games. But my big thing for the preseason is we need to get you know as many quarters of actual match simulation into guys like Sam Doherty, into guys like Tom DeConning, um, into guys like Zach Fisher with with the midfield role. Um, I haven't really looked at it as a doomsday situation, which uh, the, the the curse of not watching the game live and relying on Facebook comments to give you an idea of what happened in the game is is is, is very funny and interesting because we have a very emotional supporter base. Now I know why you got drunk. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I was just doing that game based on the comments, oh, mate, I would have gone back up. It wasn't that bad. Having said that, I understand the frustrations with the skill execution. I get it. The skills should be a lot better than what they are. But I don't think that's the overriding theme of these games that we should be looking at. For me, it's all about getting those minutes into those key players. There's no way that we turn up to round one without going up another level. You've got to have something in the tank. And I think because we're watching the game, we're watching the scores go up and down and we're seeing a loss, we're just getting a little carried away with it. Um, having said that, if round one we show up and we turn the ball over the way we've done in the preseason... It's going to be a very bad night for us. I think what we've got to do is we've got to start looking at how the game has evolved. Yeah. So since 2017, contested position possessions mean diddly squat. Your ability to win out of the centre means diddly squat. It's all about implementing pressure and being able to turn the ball over, score from that, and how far you move the ball per disposal. 
And that is what Carlton are doing. We're starting to implement that. The meters gained of Carlton players at the moment is in another level from the two games. We've never seen Carlton players move the ball this direct. My biggest takeout from this is Doc, how good a user he is. He went at around 88% from memory. Yep. And when you look at Sam Doherty, he's got a kick that's penetrating. He doesn't do this dilly little floppy kick that Simpson does quite a few times. He actually drills the ball in. If you watch Tom Lynch at Richmond, if he doesn't take the mark and he misses it, it's going to break his nose. The, the speed the ball comes in. Yep. It has to be faster. People are talking about players like Mitch McGovern was rubbish. Um, Levi Casbolt didn't kick goals. All this. If you watch our forward entry, our forward entry is so slow. Yeah. And you watch the good teams and how we played in the first half was, was indicative of a good team. It was quick movement. It was fast. It's getting the ball into the 50 before the defense can reset. And unfortunately, at the moment, we don't have the users. But one thing is Lockie O'Brien is vital to this system. You see it because of how far he kicks the ball with foot. It needs early ball. And you look at how Eddie Betts plays, he needs early ball over the last man. It's something that Lockie does well. He hits the goal square. And for me, Mark Murphy has to has to get the respect he deserves. 100%. 82% he went at efficiency with a kick. He's the only player at Carlton who can hit targets with a foot. Yep. And it's as rare as rocking horse poo at Carlton at the moment. Yeah, no, it's the true. ability to kick a ball. It's true. Who were the standouts for you? For me, I, had, I haven't really put him in order. I might put this to the audience. But I had uh, Cripps, Walsh, and Doherty, one, two, and three. Um, so if you're watching at home, leave, leave uh, your votes in the comments like last week, and we'll tally them up. Who got your three votes, your two votes, and your one vote? Dan, are they your three top performers? My one, my one issue was Cripps is it was the 30 disposal game, 21 handballs, 21 handballs, which didn't do very much. Probably played into Brisbane's hands. That's what they want. That's it, what teams are going to want him to do. It was a Cripper-like performance. I think Cripper's got the benchmark of if he doesn't get 30 touches, half of them aren't contested. That's just a Cripper thing. You can't judge yeah. Cripper like a normal human being. So, I mean, Cripper's definitely in there. I think Martin deserves a shout. I think his ability to turn the game. He reminds me very Pendlebury. It's like the game stops for him. Mm -hmm. He's very, very silky. I like him. Fisher, big shout out to you. I don't know what Zach Fisher has done to David Taylor. Yeah, let's take a moment and talk about this. But 20-odd touches last week went at 75% disposal efficiency. Was the only guy in our midfield, apart from Walsh, and I don't count Walsh anymore. The guy's a superstar. To stand up, and we reward him by sticking him in the forward line. And Dow went with 34% efficiency for 18 touches, which is, to put it nicely, that's diabolical. That's if, if you did that for Richmond, you wouldn't even play for Richmond VFL team. You'd be off to Werribee or something. Well, yeah, well, I'll get on to Dow, but just, just on Fisher, because that's probably something we've now got a, a bit of a sample size of what are we trying to do with these players? What roles are they going to play? We've seen Paulson play as, play as a defender. We've seen Jack Martin as that forward mid. We've said it all preseason. Zach Fisher, for me, is a midfielder. Oh, 100%. I mean, one thing as well is if you look at them centre-bounce contests, six of the ones that were lost, Cripple laid tackles to stop centre clearances. The only other person who did that was Zach Fisher, who laid two tackles. Yeah. Zach Fisher, for me, has to be rotating in the midfield and on the wing. To me, him as a combination with Murphy on the other wing, yeah. you've got the ability to take the game on by foot and by the ability to take it on by running with the ball. Yeah. I back him in with, with link-up play. Yeah. I back him in hitting a short target, which is only – there are only a few certain players that can do it. And seeing the way that we are trying to move the ball when it's working, it's very wide and then we come in. 
he's one of those few players that can kick he, that little dinky kick, which he, he, he sometimes gets in trouble for. But I think he's really worked on that. And I thought his disposal was great in both games. Something he's done as well, and I noticed it a lot last week and a, and a lot in the first quarter, is his link-up play with Walsh. He's always looking to take the handball from Walsh and then give it back. These one-twos. And these are really becoming fashionable in the IFL now. All the teams are using it. This quick, take the ball, handball, you give it back to me when you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. They kind of work in tandem down the flank. To me, I really enjoy Fisher's game. And to me, I don't want to see Fisher in the forward line. I don't think yeah. he's a natural goalkeeper. We don't need him there anymore. I think Fisher's just, like, to me, I don't know what he did. But to me, like, in 2018, when we were getting overrun, he was the only midfielder who looked any good. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I don't know why. But to me, Fisher deserves to start yeah. in midfield. It's the interesting one because Teague's preached the whole, I want to play to your strengths. Yes, Fisher's crafty. And I remember when he first jumped into the scene, he was played as a forward just because he probably didn't have the tank to play as a midfielder. But his footwork in traffic is as good as I've seen. I mean, I'm maybe not as good as a Scott Pendlebury, but it's he's got that quick... Um, that quick pitter patter footwork. He takes the game on. Yeah. He takes the game on. And that, and all the good players now, you look at Marion Pickett at uh, Richmond, what does he do? He's not exceptionally gifted with the ball from delivery. His disposal efficiency is around 55%. It's mm-hmm. not great. Mm-hmm. But he looks to make things happen. He looks to take people on. He looks to draw people out of position. And the good players draw players out of position. Fisher's one of them. I mean, Fisher's touches on his heat map are insane. We'll go through it more next tomorrow yep. when I do the analysis but you look the fact he started in the forward line and he's got touches in the back pocket he's got touches all around the ground he looks and works hard and to me Dow needs time I'd rather see Dow in the forward line yeah I think he needs a bit of time away from traffic yeah I just don't trust him and I think having 30 odd percent disposal efficiency yeah, as a tough. midfielder you, you need you can't do that at this level having said that that's where I think we can find the reason to just calm down a little bit because some of these roles that are being played in the preseason are not going to be there in the regular season. And that's what the Marsh series is for. It's to test this out. Um, That's maybe why Zach Fisher didn't play in the midfield. And, you know, we might be getting a little bit caught up saying he has to be a midfielder, but Tiggy just wants to give him a bit of a run. Guys like Cam Paulson are an interesting situation because it would seem like he's lost the faith as a forward. And so we're trying him as a defender and we've done that for a few games. How have you seen that experiment? Like, like, has the opinion changed? Because it hasn't... The endeavour is there. We, we speak about the endeavour and, you know, he, he tries hard and he, he chases and he tackles and he does the one percenters, but he just doesn't have... If Brownlow's were given for effort, yeah, he'd get it. He'd be a multi... But for me, the issue is, is I, I question why you were selected. It was, what, 15% game time? Yeah. So he only really came on because Marchbank and Plowman had issues. Yeah. I don't think we would have seen him otherwise. And then I have to question, why wasn't Cunningham playing? Yeah. Why wasn't Williamson playing? Because when they did the interview on Wednesday, fitness update, both of them had got through yep. and were raring to go. And mm-hmm. I think they're two players for me. I want to see play games. I don't want to see us bring them in round one. I want this, them to prove to me, yeah. and they don't owe me anything, but I want them to prove to the club they can play consecutive games. Because yep. historically, Williamson gets fit, plays a game, gets injured. Yep. Cunningham, the same, plays a game, gets injured. So to me, I don't understand that. To play less than 20% game time also says to me, you're not in the mix. Yeah, that was the funny thing because he got selected and it's like, okay, well, fair enough. There's a bit of a method to this. We're going to try him and give him some more game time. And he plays 20 minutes. I don't understand. I don't understand. And, and, and I mean, for me, when you're getting five touches and you're going at 40% as well, it's not great because yeah. the halfback line, you look at Simpson, you look at Doc, 
you look at Marchbank, you look at Plowman, you also look at Newman, all of them went above 75%. Mm-hmm. And that is where a halfback flanker, a small defender now, they live in them numbers. If you're not getting 70%, don't bother bringing your boots next week. Yep. So there's that one. Uh, what about the Jack Martin role? Jack Martin. He's, you know, when he's on the ball, yeah. and I know he doesn't want to play in the midfield, yep. he's pretty good, isn't he? He's all right. Jack Martin, probably the best player in the history of the game that's ever gone for free. Classic. I can't think of anyone. Classic Carlton supporter Class- thing to say. Honestly, Jack Martin. <laughs> I made this big call last, last week. I've made a few this week, yeah. I'm going to pay the price September. Oh, you sure but are. Jack Martin, lock him in top three BNF. Yeah. Like, I've seen good players. Jack Martin is... I don't want to burst the bubble, but I will. <laughs> um, the only thing with Jack Martin, he plays such a combative style. I haven't really noticed it because I haven't been watching him a lot for throughout his career. And you look at his frame and you think, well, where's that energy coming from? And is he going to be able to sustain that level of play throughout the entire season? Um, that's the only thing I question. I'm not saying he's not capable, but yeah, his touch in the, in the clinches is really evident from what I was seeing in the preseason sessions. And we'll touch on that as well. If we've been able to translate what we saw in the match sim over, but in terms of the split, where do you, where do you, where do you think is the ideal split for his mid forward time? I, I kind of liked what he did this week and what he did last week, where it seems to be 60, 40 in the forward line to the back line. I, I like that mix. I think it's really good. It was impressive, actually. If you look at his on-ball numbers, yep. he really influences. He's one of these players that draws people because he can make things happen in tight spaces. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could find space in an empty, in a crowded escalator. Elevator. <laughs> he's so good at doing that. To me, like he's the kind of player that I expect this year that we haven't had. Someone who averages around 18 to 19 touches and can get a goal and a bit of game. I mean, I reckon he's one of the few players I would say at this stage could tear apart a Richmond side. Yeah. No, no. He's, he's got, got yeah, yeah. He's definitely got the... He fits in. I don't think he's going to have any issues with fitting in in these big games. I don't think he's going to have the stage fright or anything like that. I think he's... He just looks good, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. Obviously, with Eddie there as well, um, who's just looking great. He's, the presence is... You know, the thing about Eddie is we've got to learn to use him. And some of them kicks, we, we always enter inside 50, in my opinion, 10 metres too short. Mm-hmm. You look at where Eddie does well in the first quarter, where he backs into his man. He's very clever. The fact he backs into the man and then releases last minute, which catches them off balance, he's out through the back. Mm-hmm. So to me, he needs that deep ball in. He, and so does McGovern. Mm-hmm. Them two can work well together. And I could see signs where McGovern leads and Carlton just don't look for him. Yep. There's a few times that we go to Eddie and you can see Eddie's like, why are you hitting it to Yeah, me? that's right. You, you've got to look for them one outs. And for me, I, I'm excited because Betts, just when he, he, he's that player, like I put a bet on him at the weekend and my mate laughed because I said he'd score two goals. And I said, he's at, the, he's at the icon, it's rigged. Eddie has to kick two minimum at icon. Absolutely. And he did it, what, in five minutes? Yeah. That was like easiest money you've ever made this season. I think the way he played on the weekend is probably going to be what we've been talking about throughout the preseason in that he'll have a good quarter. He might kick two or three in a quarter. He might be a little quiet in some other quarters. But again, it's 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 got to be the overall package. And I he think, just brings energy. When he's near the ball... Hear the crowd. Good it, thing, yeah, it, the crowd, so the energy around that area where he is is always lively. I watched it with my father-in-law. I said, you could, you could be blind and you know when Carlton are entering inside 50 and Eddie's around yeah, the ball because yeah, yeah. the noise just went up. But like for me, when you watch Eddie, he gave the ball off two times where if that was a real game, yeah. he would have been kicking that snap. He's slotting them back. And also for me, like Eddie, it's just, he draws players. You saw Brisbane, they, they, they were drawn to him because he's one of them players that makes things happen. So when we've got a proper forward line, Eddie's going to kill it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm super excited. I've been converted. I've gone through all the emotions. I hated it. Yep. 
I tolerated it. Oh, I'm fully Same. on Same. No, I'm, I'm on. We're I, on here. I, I'm on it. Yeah. I'm mean, 19 on my back. Yeah. Changing my name to Eddie. Yep. It's all happening. The other one that surprised me, pleasantly surprised me, and someone who I didn't think was ready to start playing regular footy this year, or maybe towards the back end of this year, was would have been my guest, was Tom DeConney. I thought early on when he came on, he took those two marks further up the ground on the wing. I thought that was a big tick. Um, the way he's competing is good. Uh, obviously, there's the you know we're being mindful of the size of him, and when he comes up against these big brute ruckmen, they're going to push him around. But all of a sudden. I'm not saying right now that he's not ready. I've, I feel like he's taken a step forward as a whole package, and that's exciting. That's, that's a big tick for us. I, I think the role he played yesterday, for me, I would have him, like how injuries have panned out as well. I'd rather see Caswell go down back again, mm -hmm. and I'd like to see him be that utility player that we're looking for who's going to play up the forward and then pinch it in the rook because – He's the only Ruckman who had a 100% record in hitouts as well yesterday. For the he, contest that yeah. he attended. Yeah, yep. all, his team won everyone. Um, also, his groundwork is impeccable. His mobility is impeccable. He's the closest player we've got to Charlie Kerno, in my opinion, who's yeah. tall, who can cover ground, who can play on the ground, who looks to bring players in. So for me, if I was picking the round one squad, he's starting and he's pinch hitting in the Ruck. Yep. I like that tandem with Cruiser. Can you play around one? Oh, 100%. You think so? Because especially mm. Richmond, you can do it. Because Nan Curvis is a 50-50 to play round one. So Cruiser will kill him anyway. Well, he'll, he'll fight. But Soldo is very similar. If you look at Soldo, he's got he's, he's got very weak, he's got weak, glaring weaknesses. And you can see he's a project for them. He's coming up. So you wouldn't be scared of TDK going against Soldo. Yeah. And yeah. it's a time to see it. Because to me, his forward ability is so awkward. Mm -hmm. He's so awkward to match up on. Very good player. I, I like TDK. Big fan. Yeah, I think also his experience, when you look at the Ruckman who he's been coming up against at the club, he's gone through a few of them now. Phillips, Loby, he's got Pitsonet now, Cruiser. So he's, if he can take a little bit of everyone, and he, I think he's probably more talented than all bar one of them, natural in terms of natural talent. I think Cruiser's probably got him covered at, time, at the time of being drafted. But I think Tom's got the talent. It's just a matter of putting all the pieces together, putting that oh, frame on. Um, and it was for me, it was just a positive. Big thing for me is our TDK's ability when the ball hits the deck. Players struggle with that, that yep. height, and he's very crafty on the deck as well. Mm -hmm. So to me, I like that. I like the fact that if, if I was picking the round one squad, I'd feel more comfortable Caswell down the back. I think we do lack that marking power that he brings, mm -hmm. and I think he's a very good player to have against Richmond. Like you can put a third tall down there. It means you can play a bit smaller. If you've got him on the pine, you can also play a third tall with him. Cruz has got, Caswell's got that wonderful ability to play both roles. I'd be starting TDK though forward and letting him take the, the rook duties so Caswell can be saved yeah. to just do forward and back. Speaking of, he he's just, he just, he just, he's just playing with this maturity about him. Like he's not dominating games, but he's just playing with a, a real professionalism. I'm so proud of him, happy for him. It's, it's such Big a good story. I mean, Johns was phenomenal yesterday as yeah. well. And it's quite nice to see Carlton whipping boys do good. Yep. So, like, when you're analysing the game like myself, it's nice to see the players that get a lot of stick, that you can see that their numbers are justifying the stick or they're actually going against it. And Casbo is a player who always influences games. He might not get the plaudits for it. So, to me, I, I, like, I like the fact if he could be a proper swingman for Carlton. Yep. I, I don't like him purely forward. Yep. 
I, I do think we missed that. There were a few times like yesterday, I thought if we had him down back and he was he attacks the ball so well. Yep. I think that for me, I, I'd be having TDK up forward and I'd be playing Caswell as well round one. We need the forwards. McGovern just doesn't seem quite ready yet. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. And there was a bit of talk about, yeah, but he started his preseason a little earlier. Um, look, the facts are we've, we've put a game into him now and that's all he's really done. He's been doing a lot of training on the side. feel like he'll play round one. But I also get this inkling that, like, why are we doing this again? Why are we forcing them to play round one if they're not ready? Um, I understand there's a goal in mind for these players. They, they set their targets and their goals for when they want to be ready. But if, I mean, we don't really have another game to base this off unless Tom plays in a VFL practice match. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm undecided as to whether or not I could trust him to play round one against Richmond. I think a big part, everyone's been talking about our forward line, but you look at our entries inside 50, they are horrendous for the targets you've got. Yep. A big one for me is I was watching very closely McGovern and I was watching Lynch the other day, yesterday as well. Every time Lynch is one out, that ball is coming to him. Yep. There was a few times, if you go back and watch the first quarter, McGovern is leading his man and we go to the wrong target. And it is something that Carlton midfield needs to learn to do, particularly Noons, particularly Dow. Actually have a look before you kick the thing. Yep. And for me, McGovern is so good overhead. All you've got to do is put it out in front of him and he'll take it. And the problem was for me is that that doesn't happen enough. And then we start punting the ball to McGovern in desperation. Mm -hmm. McGovern isn't the type of forward who can do one and two contests. Casbolt is because his entire career, he's had a horrendous midfield giving the ball to him. Yep. And he's the only target. So Casbolt has previous that he can take pack marks because... For five years of his career, that's all people did. Yeah, that's all we did. <laughs> so, like, I, I feel for McGovern. He's come from a very efficient midfield that give the ball to him on a plate. And it's quite hard when you're not that type of marking forward. So, I'm not worried about McGovern. I am worried, though, the fact he, he just, if he's not marking the ball, he's ineffective. Yeah. He's ineffective. He, he has to be taking marks and kicking goals. You're not going to get anything else from McGovern. Yeah. Where you are TDK, you are... Casbolt. If Casbolt's useless up forward, you can throw him down the back. He's intercepting. Mm -hmm. So for me, yeah, I think McGovern will play, but I would like to see Casbolt, McGovern, and TDK play round one. If I was picking the team, and I'd drop March Bank or Plowman. Yeah, interesting. Let's move more to a high level. Well, we've, we've, you know, the practice matches. It's come, it's gone, it's done. Yeah, a little disappointing, but we move on. Now we've got our our sample size from the preseason. What are some of the themes I want to touch on? Um, them individually, but what are some of the key themes that are in the back of your mind going into round one? Well, I focused on kickings yeah. an absolute age the last two games. I've taken videos of every kicking we've had, yeah, and it's a nightmare. But one thing I have noticed is the difference in our kicking. So, like, if you remember last year, we did a video on Richmond and their ability to restart the game and what their tactic is. Um, and it's very similar, the fact now that we look for the corridor, especially when Doc's taking it, he's looking for the short kick and backing the fact that we can play it in defensive 50 one more time. You look at Cade Simpson, when he took him yesterday, he goes back to the old mentality, punt it down the wing. Mm -hmm. And that's a turnover waiting to happen. You can see Doc is very confident in playing the shorter ball, looking for the handball receive. He's already 20 meters out. He can kick it to halfway. Yeah, He releases it. space for others. So good. Yeah. Doc. And that's one thing I've noticed. It's the direct movement of the game. The football now is played. If you, can, if you had two stats and you said, could you tell if a team wins? Nowadays, it's meters gained and scores from turnover. Yeah. And that is one thing I have noticed a 
big, big change. Our direction, our meters gained, yep. and where we actually place the ball. And you can see what it's going to be, but it is going to be high risk, high reward. And it is going to be third quarter versus Brisbane. You are going to see that a hell of a lot when it's not right. If we don't hit targets, we are asking to lose by 60. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think there's a beauty of having Doc there in that he'll be able to set up behind the ball if we do turn it over, but how much can he actually protect us from an onslaught if we turn the ball over to Richmond, who are obviously the, you know, some of the best in the AFL at scoring from turnover? I mean, what is depressing is if you actually look at Jones and Wheatering, they had phenomenal days yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Like, I think Jones was 71% one on one advantage. Yep. And Wheatering was 70. So that is premiership percentages. But it doesn't matter how good your backline is, eventually yeah. numbers tell. Inside 50 counts tell. You get to one-on-one battles and... Yeah, yeah and it's tough. It's tough for them, especially with the players they had. Like, you could see Plowman when he came back on. He wasn't right. Cameron took the mick. Yep. And as we know, Cameron has said himself, the toughest competitor last year was Plowman. Mm -hmm. So when he's slightly out, Cameron's going to have a field day. Yeah. And there's some issues. I mean, for me, that is my... Big takeout though, our intent to attack the football again. Yep. We're no longer going down the wings and playing monotonous football. We're actually looking to take the game on. Yep. And I'd rather lose personally, like we did to Brisbane, every week than play 22 men behind the ball. Yeah, I get you. And just be like, I'll tell you what, let's try and keep it within 10. Yeah. Let's have a go. It's good to see. Fair point. Fair point. One of the themes for me that I want to touch on tonight that I've noticed is there were some question marks and opportunities for certain players like Matt Kennedy, Dave Cunningham. Liam Stocker, and these were some of the names that were, being, that were being floated up as, oh, they could really lock in their spot. They could go to that next level. I don't come out of this preseason more confident than what I was when it started that either of those guys have taken their game to the next level, which probably leads me to my main point of, I don't really think we are going to or need to have a massive jump in production from every player but I think every single person is going to need to improve by that two or three percent I think our primary ball handlers so whoever's playing in them central positions need to have their disposal efficiency around the 65 as a bare, bare minimum. minimum it's as got to yeah, yeah absolutely you look at Richmond yesterday their top seven ball getters were all in the top 10 of disposal efficiency you look at Cal and our top five ball getters three of them were below 50 percent yep so that is a worry that yep. is a concern top teams don't turn the ball over top team score from turnover so there that needs to improve for me the issue we've got is depth we've yep. got great depth for players like Dow, for fisher for noons similar type of players you're six and seven out of tens is that great depth though it is good depth but the problem is is it's been proven if murphy isn't around the ball and he gets injured exactly no one can do it exactly fisher could probably do murphy's job yep he's probably the only one at the moment who's in category two players to me maybe samo I think Samo could, but yeah. the thing is, we haven't seen him. It's, it's a guess. That'll be another issue that Samo's comes up too. Samo's one of them players who can either be doggy Samo, yep. or he can also be GWS Samo. Yep, yep. And where to me, there's a few players, like for me, if I was honest, I'd say Fisher and SBS, they could make the jump. Yep. They potentially, to me, I believe they could make the jump. But the facts are now, from 2016, these players, whatever they average this year, is their base for the rest of their career. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there is a lot of players who need a considerable jump. Yeah. Otherwise, the draft strategy from 16 to now yeah. is horrific. Yeah, it's, it's compromised. It's compromised. Yeah. Because we need two of these players. And I would say there's two out of eight players who need to start getting into that good to elite level. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, 
we have to go out and find it. Yeah. And at the moment, I think we lack one good primary ball user. Cargy. <laughs> but for me, I think we lack one small forward, one small defender, and we lack one primary ball user. And for me, Setfield, he's oscillating around that 57. He's like teasing. He's, yeah. He's, he's, he's dancing around there. Yeah, do you know what I mean? He's gone on the date and he's wearing the nice skirt, but yeah. you know she's Catholic. So... <laughs> <laughs> that that's what it's like at the moment. It looks good, but you know it's not on offer. Yeah. And that's what big worry is for me. Yeah. Like, can Setterfield do it? Because to me, Fisher yeah. stepped up against Fremantle. He put his hand up and said, I'm yeah. here. I can do this. Yeah. But he did Setterfield didn't. Yeah. And Setterfield didn't yesterday when he had Cripper back. There was yeah. a lot of talk people saying Ed and Cripper, they're back now, mm. they'll help him out. He was actually worse. Yeah. Where we're we're, we're pretty far away from this best twenty two. Which is, oh. a, which is a bit of a concern. Samo is an issue that's just starting to pop up now. I mean, let's look at what do we have as a, as a fact basis right now. It's, it's calf, he, isn't it? He hasn't played. Well, I don't know what it is. It I, is I've calf. read quad. I've read, I've read leg. I'm not really sure. But, um, it's a quad or a calf. I was going to say, if it's a calf, it's been six months, and calf's now a full-brown Frisian calf. Yeah, well, mate, I don't know. But the fact is, he hasn't played a single preseason game. Yeah, I know. That, but that's the thing. Like he, This was the guy that we were talking about Slotting it across half back, taking that next leap, potential most improved. Can, he, can you make a case for him playing round one if he hasn't had 100%, a. 100%, because let's just remember how him, Kerno, and Cripper combined on the ball yeah. against the doggies. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you now, don't care what anyone says, the doggies midfield is the best in the comp. It is. That is, that, that isn't good. That is a liability. Is that good? McRae, yeah. Dunkley, Hunter, most consistent supercoach scorer in the history of supercoach. I'm doing a lot of research. In yeah, you are. McRae and Bonaparte. I mean, it's just a dream, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. he killed them. Yeah. So to me, he is one of them guys who can go at 70%, have 30 touches. Yeah. Him on the ball with Cripper, Walsh, that is the future. Yeah. Like, Setfield just worries me. The thing with Samo, though, for me, and the reason why I bring him up is because I want to see him and Fisher in the same team. Oh, yeah. Because, 100%. yeah, as much as we talk about wanting to have Fisher play as a midfielder, well, we also want the ball in Samo's hands. Awesome. Uh, he takes the game up. Yeah. He's, he's aggressive. Yeah. He looks to make something happen. Yeah. And we need early entry for this forward line to work. Mm -hmm. You look at where Betts does his best work, it's early, poorly transitioned defense. Mm -hmm. He kills you. He mm -hmm. did it yesterday very well in the first quarter. You're not quite set. Yeah. Game over when Betts is around. Mm -hmm. McGovern, the same type of player. He needs that lead up mark. We aren't going to have McKay for what, two or three weeks? Two or three, whatever it is. Kerner and probably the year who knows mid-year who knows with so, the messaging coming to us I from mean, the club who knows one thing that i'm upset about though and my take out in this preseason is Fremantle was an opportunity for at least 12 players i would have said to really say yes i'm here exactly exactly we didn't get that and cripper does it all the time like you could have against brisbane that game you could see cripper when we were down looked around and said right you know what i'm sick of getting pummeled every week mm -hmm. boys jump on my back i'm taking you to the finals if you want to win this game get on my back we needed players that game to do the same, and there wasn't enough for me. There was only Fisher who did it. Walsh, he always does it. I mean, I'm not even excited about Walsh anymore. Yeah, he's really sucked the life out of us, yeah, hasn't Walsh he? Walsh has actually ruined my football life <laughs> because I'm just like, it's expected. Yeah, this is just what it is now. It's Walsh. He's gotten to that level so quickly. Where, to me, we need to have these players. And to me, I'm disappointed to set up, if I'm honest. I wanted Setterfield these last two weeks to say, you know what, Cripps, I'm mantle. as big as you, mate. Yeah. I can do this, buddy. Yeah. Back me. I well, who did back. that this preseason for you? Who who, who were the ones where you said, right, he really staked his claim? TDK. Yeah, agreed. I thought, I thought Fisher did it as well. Fisher did. 
I thought Doc did it to an extent. Gibbons did yesterday. When I he think the, the when he started the, the the tussle last week, that was a bit of a sign for me that in his mind he's still looking at himself as the top dog. What worries me is it breaks my heart though because it's Doc. If I'm honest, Doc Murphy, Ed yeah. have all impressed me. It's the same people. The same people. We haven't had that that new one come in. Like Gibbons slightly impressed me. There was times yesterday when I, I know when I've been to training, he's working extensively with Eddie Betts. Yep. And I watch him and I'm like, God, you're learning. Yep. And Gibbons has got a footy brain. You can see he's learning. But like then there was times he just went anonymous. But like for me, my reasons to get excited, Martin, Fisher, and then the usual blokes. Yeah. Yeah. So again, these are these are the things that are gonna because the reality is only the best prepared players who have done the full preseason are going to reap the benefits of that work come the end of the season. Um, and I mean, that, they've all worked bloody hard, though. No, look, it's, 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 been, it's been a great preseason for a lot of them. The the big theme, and it's no secret, but our forward line, just just through injury, and knowing that Charlie and Harry are what, are, what we think are going to be the key pillars of this forward line when it is successful, when this team actually does rise up the ladder and contend for premierships. So... It's a bit of a compromised forward line. We know Mitch is also hurting as well. And my worry, it is a worry, is without them there early in the season, it's going to impact the way we score because naturally that they're not our best forwards available. And I'm just worried that you know we're just going to panic as a as a supporter base and get those early don't panic. losses. Remember the rule. What do you when, mean don't panic. When Pom do you know pa- who we are? When Pom panics, we panic. <laughs> I mean, one thing that's keeping me reassured is the first three quarters against Collingwood. We saw Ed Kerner, we saw Walsh, we mm-hmm. saw Cripper on the ball, and we dominated Collingwood. Yeah. First quarter and a half, we had our best players on the ball. We dominated Brisbane. Yep. When they go. When though, they go. Yeah. Uh-uh, SpaghettiOs. Yeah. But that's why I asked you about the depth. Like, is it really great depth? Yeah, for me, when you look at Richmond, there is about a handful of players that are six out of tens, like your Dows, like your Fishers, who you know are six and seven out of tens. But they've got so many of them seven out of tens that on their day can be a nine out of ten. Mm-hmm. And for me at the moment, I think only SPS and Fisher suit that category at the moment. They've the only ones who have shown me, you know, Dan, I'm a seven out of ten usually. I can have a nine out of 10 day. Yeah. At the moment, Setterfield just looks to me like, oh, I can get 60% and get 25 touches. I need. I think you need a settle field and settle down. <laughs> Setterfield. <laughs> I just, I'm disappointed. This guy was so good. Like so many plaudits through draft year, always yeah. shown it got injured. Yeah. And it's just, the guy couldn't hit the side of a Renault Spass from point blank range <laughs> with a banjo. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with him. Yeah. Moving on. Players to look out for, we've obviously done this pre before the preseason started, but knowing what we've seen now, who are the players to watch out for? Have they changed? Martin, superstar. Yeah, yeah. Lock it in. If he's not in your super coach team, why are you even playing? I think it? he costs four hundred odd thousand, four twenty. Bargain. Like I'd put him in twice okay. and bench one. Okay. Um, Any other additions? Because I, I, I was talking about Lockie O'Brien a lot. I think Lockie O'Brien. I think he's impeccable for this system. If you actually well, look at what he so brings, why didn't he play? He didn't play the last two games. We're keeping him. It's one of he, my he... favorite Carlton conspiracies at the moment is Teague is planning something and we he's don't got know. The aces like, up like, his he's, like he's an evil genius. And I'm willing to buy into it. Purely I'm willing to buy into it just because it's the only thing that lets me sleep at night. But Dow, his ability is the 50, he knocks it 70 meters from the wing, early entry, fixes all problems. Mm-hmm. So I think he is very important to the system. I said it when we got Teague. Yeah. He'll be a big player and I was proven right. He still is. This system 
needs a Dow. I mean, a, a Lockie O'Brien, a Lockie O'Brien. takes it from 50 and just bombs the bugger in yep. because it needs early ball. He's willing to do that. I think he's definitely in there. He's someone I'm excited about. Who I am excited about is Fisher. I'm starting to see 2018 Zach yes, Fisher. Yes, yes. Horrible haircut. There's an agenda here. Horrible haircut. Hashtag free Zach Fisher. Get him out of that forward line. Get free him, him the, up. Get him in the midfield. Don't like, play a minute in the forward line. I, I don't want to see him in the forward line unless he has to run through the banner. Yeah, because that is what's going to generate better depth. So good. Because he's a guy that can do what few can. I'd like to see Dow in the forward line. I think it's more time for him on the half forward. If you're going to play Dow, yeah. give him that chance to play there where he's got a bit more space. A bit like we did with SPS when we threw him back. He had a bit of space and a bit of time. You know what the problem with that is? Can you imagine the vitriol he's going to cop if he goes to the forward line and starts averaging seven less possessions and everyone's like, oh, but well, he's a midfielder. Why isn't he getting 20? I just don't think Dow knows where his best position is. And I don't know where it, it has is. has to be midfield, doesn't it? Like, isn't that, isn't that what it has to be? I think it does, but I think, like, when you're going at 30% and you've had 18 touches, that's a worry because that To be happened. fair, the 33% that he that were effective looked really good. Yeah, but see, that's it. It's like Dow is one of them players. Like I, I stuck up for him last year because statistically he slightly got better, which shows increments. Mm -hmm. But one thing that worries me is when he makes a balls up, it's an alarming balls up. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, oh no, I kicked it out of bounds. Whoops. It's like one of them ones that gets intercepted and they go down and kick six yeah and it's just to me he looks like he's got too many faults so to me like if i was his coach if i was take he'd be playing vfl for the first six rounds yep. and he would have some kpis that i want to see and say Absolutely. look go out there have a bit of fun he doesn't look like he's enjoying it anymore yeah and it reminds me of bolton where we played player every week and you can see his foundations and beliefs are dying mm -hmm. and i don't want to see it because dow's a great kid mm -hmm. but like you look at thompson dow at Richmond. Don't say it. God, I, know, I know what you're going to say. God, he's good, man. Like, people mocked me when I said he's, he's as good as his brother. Well, he's not as good as his brother. He is. Mate, he I'll... Will I'll be. <laughs> he will be. Look at him. This will be blue abroad in a minute. Look at him. He's, no, but he's so good. You can yeah. see he's enjoying his footy. It's like Paddy Dow in year one. He's yeah. enjoying his footy. And Paddy doesn't look like he's enjoying his footy. It's interesting when you talk about a, two, two different players, similar traits, we'll, we'll say it. One goes into a team like Carlton. One goes into a team like Richmond with you know those environments on field. Because I think off field, our environment, I, I, I back it up. I've I seen what I've seen. I think Can you imagine good... being a 2018 draftee? Oh, God. And your first year of footy is two wins. Just imagine. Just <laughs> Down seeing... by 77 at halftime. Like you got to feel sorry for Walsh. Like Walsh must have been like, please dread pick one. But yeah, so, so it's interesting how we're looking at Thompson Dow, whereas... He doesn't have the expectation to do anything at Richmond this year, whereas Dow has expectation. He had so much expectation, and I just think we kind of as he it. should. He's we, a number three draft pick, yeah, as he should. I think you look at top players; they don't go into their team from round one. Like SPS made his debut, not even having a practice game. Mm -hmm. Like I do question seventeen and eighteen of how we develop these youngsters. I don't think we needed to play them straight away. Yeah. I think they could have gone through a little bit of a system. Because yeah. if anyone at Carlton thought we were top eight in seventeen and eighteen. It's a good job tennis season starts early here. Mate, we're a top eight shoe in every year. Don't worry. I mean, I can get behind it. I, I always do. You know I'm stupid at times with yeah. my beliefs. But at times. I just think, yeah, like, Dow is so good. He's seeding, I still believe his ceiling is high, but I think he needs to be managed this yeah. year. I think we need to feed him in like SPS did. SPS benefited last year from being thrown down back. Yep. He needs that. Yep. So for me, I don't want to see Dow anywhere near the first team. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the next section.
um, which will be the, the questions that you guys sent to us this morning. So I put up a post, um, some really in-depth questions which I want to touch on and some of the key issues that are on your mind. So if you are watching at home, please feel free to shoot in your questions as well. We'll try and get through as many as we can, but I just want to pick out a few of the ones that I really enjoyed. So Dom Pang, he'd probably be writing that from Osaka. I was going to say, he's, yeah, he's he, isn't yeah, he? Dommy? Yeah, so thanks for tuning in, Dom. Um, he's got a few questions. It's a four-part question. So number one, oh, wow. what's happened to Cunners? He looks so sharp at training, but then he seems on the outer. Sure, they would have played him against Brisbane. Good call. And the it's answer weird. is, I don't know. It's weird because midweek... I don't know. We, midweek in that injury report, they said both of them had pulled up really well. Yeah. So I, I couldn't tell it because to me, Connors, to me, Teague's got Connors and Fisher the wrong way around. Like You think Connors should be in the forward? Half forward yeah. when he went fourth quarter against Freer. Yeah, yeah. Look schmick. Yeah. Fisher, midfield. Like David Teague, if you're watching, reverse it. Good logic, reverse yeah. it. Well, of, of the all open trainings that I went to... Um, Connors is just... Well, he was on the ball Connors all, is, at all times. To me, Connors is papley. He can play midfield, but he's just got vision. Mm-hmm. Like I'd rather have Connors fully fit than Papley. Yeah. Yeah, fair call. Next question from Dom. Who is responsible for the skills at the club and why does the club seem so poor at developing our players' kicking skills? It's wow. a, a great question. Well, I think... Uh, it's a good question. Personally, I do think in the time that Diesel's worked with the midfield, yeah. starting to see better distribution, some of the players' numbers are going up. So Fisher, yeah. particularly since then, yeah. has gone up. Um, Walsh has gone sky high because he, that was one of his questions. His disposal around 60. Efficiency. He's now gone to 70. Yeah. So it is starting to affect. I, I just think for me, Setterfield and stuff, you can't teach calmness. No. It's an inherent gift. And for me, Setterfield, Dow, this week, th- these last two weeks have looked so rushed. It is an important question that we have to be asking as supporters, though, because it is a common theme. This isn't a new theme. Kicking skills have been below. I don't know what the actual, where they rank up compared to the other teams in the competition over the last five to six Not years. But I, they, can't be, they can't be out of the bottom three. <laughs> I, I, I think, though, that you look at the game style that Bolton played, yep. that was very... That, that was stat killing. If you played in that game, it would kill your stats. It was very kick to four-on-one contests. Panic. It, it was almost like, you know, going to Coles and buying 20 packs of toilet paper because you've heard about the coronavirus. It was panic buy football. It was. It was panic by... Fo- I thought we said we weren't talking about toilet paper pom. You know, you, you, know, you know what? I've got three kids at home and a wife, and I have been down to five toilet roll for two weeks. So if anyone's bought bulk buy on this show, go and watch Half on Fan TV. <laughs> um, but no, serious. For me, that was always going to kill it. Yep. Now you're playing a more progressive style. So that's going to separate the men for the boys. Yep. But I agree with Dom. The skills have been atrocious at Calum Football Club for too long. Mm-hmm. But one thing I will say... Geelong have got a really experienced backroom staff. You've got to remember, if you look at former players to retire, yep. to come in, because everyone says no one's got AFL experience, no one knows Carlton, who are you picking to be our coach? Like, we've been bottom four for like a decade nearly. Yep. Like, you're only going to get serial losers. Mm-hmm. Where Geelong, they've got Scarlett, they've got Bartel. These guys have been... Been there and done that. One hit. We spoke about that, yeah, which is why I like the Luke Power acquisition. Yeah, so I, we, we've had to acquire it from other clubs, and yeah. you're also going to lose what I think it means to play for Calum, where we're a passionate bunch. Yeah, we want to play football the right way. So, I'd love to get an insight from the club, and I don't know if it will ever happen, as to what the KPIs are for these assistant coaches. 
Like, what, what can we bake? Like, where can we create an actual opinion? Well, last two years, it won't have been kicking to target. Well, it wouldn't have been. But you get what I mean? Like, yeah, we, we don't really have a metric to... I mean, I guess if you look at the overall team improvement in certain kicking in certain areas of the ground or whatever it might be, I guess you could look at that. But how, how, I don't know how they're being held accountable for their jobs. I think this style, though, you're going to see... It's almost kind of like a pseudo-West Coast style. Right. So you're going to be able to compare this consecutive now it's important to remember brisbane and west coast when they developed their strategy were woeful yeah but there was always this talk so like i was talking to a brisbane fan a couple of days ago and he was saying when they had their year before last where they finished outside the eight yep. there was all this talk of this style will get us into an eight we look good we feel good mm -hmm. and i think that's what we need this year we need to have that if only we tidied it up a little bit. And that was the big thing they talked about, he was saying to me, we knew we could win games. It was just about getting it a little bit smarter. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to see from Carlton boys. I don't yeah. mind seeing a 60% disposal efficiency. Yep. If I can say, wow, we could do it if we tidied it up. Yep. Yep. Let's uh, power through some of these questions. Yeah, good There's questions, Don Pan. Great you know, questions. You made, you made me think it was your birthday as well the other day. It sure was. Happy birthday to you, my friend. Um, he also asked about any news on Lockie O'Brien. I don't have any. There's no get around Lockie. He'll, he'll get around him, but like he hasn't been playing. We did touch on that earlier. I do think he was meant to be out last week, but they said he'd be right for round one. Yeah, I do remember reading that, sir. And his fourth point is he wants to see TDK over McGovern for round one. Yeah, the so, boys get so TDK in. Debbie O'Connor, good evening to you, Debbie. Hey, Deb. She had a good one here. She's not in the panic camp at the at all. David Teague is far too smart to show his hand. He's just looking at player chemistry. What works, what doesn't work. The more mistakes we make preseason, the more we learn, and the less mistakes in games that actually count for something. Good on you, Deb. That's the type. That's, yeah, the, type, mean, go, that's the type of energy we're looking at. If we look at if we look at who's going to win a final this year, who's yep. the best team in preseason? Yep. Coast. Having said that, if we turn up round one, turning the ball over the way we have. I when want, four points are on the line, if we play like we did yesterday, then then we will come out and we can't do this show here. No. It's too much for me to break. <laughs> Well, we're back to the normal venue. <laughs> but honestly, don't panic. Debbie's right. There will be an element of mind games. If you remember him at the VFL at the Bull Ants as well, he was famous for playing mind games for players not training and players limping and stuff. So, and Adelaide have always done that. The old smoke and mirrors, you know, the, the old gypsy look up a year while I pick your pocket type thing. Mm -hmm. We've got to do that. Top clubs do, do that. And we have had a lot of, you know, red herrings this season. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't tell me in a real game, third quarter, Dow, Walsh, and Setfield go up for a centre bounce. They've been smashed five times. Yeah. They go up for a sixth. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't move Ed Kerno off Neil. All right. Next up, big one here from Sean Costello. The only things that he's taken away from the preseason, as opposed to what was evident last year, are the following. Fitness is not the only problem with Gov. The jury remains out. Paulson is not up to it, and we need to make that call. Noons is capable depth at best. Levi is terrific backup, but needs to be only that. We need Charlie or Harry back in. Martin will be great, even if not every game. Eddie Betts will kick around 30 goals, which is fine for him. We need to play Lockie O'Brien for his kicking. David Cunningham, see Paulson above and move on from the hope there. So he's, he's, he's given up hope on Cunners. And his ninth point was we have far too many who can supposedly play half back but we can't fit them in and they lack versatility to impact elsewhere. Li big list problem with that. It's an interesting point. I think he's, uh, Sean's always very astute with his yeah, feedback. I'd yeah. say that's brilliant. I mean, for me, Connors, I'm willing to give him a chance just because he doesn't get injured. I think his ceiling is high. Yeah. My but issue is he can't, if he can't play more than one game every year, 
he needs to go. I think Paulson, unfortunately, I, I just can't see a way back for him now. Mm-hmm. I think that that was a message fatigue. Why would he have 12 minutes? It's yeah. madness. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, I think all these other points are fairly spot on. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brett Waters said it as well in them comments. I don't think we'll get down to him, but I totally agree with him. Are we too tall in the back line? Yeah. And I do think Marchbank, Plowman, Jones and Wheatering can't play together. Mm-hmm. We do need a genuine small. And for me, that would be Newman. Yep. We do need that rebounding ability. Mm-hmm. I like this one here from Nigel Appleboom. Good evening to you, mate. I think the preseason is genuinely a lose-lose situation. If you win and you look good, the hype is built, but it can be a false economy and a yardstick to judge your team by, aka 2018. you got to remember 2018, we won yeah. two out of three of them. If you lose and you lose in a manner like we did, then all the supporters begin to question what is going on. While there's no doubt that we still have a lot to correct before round one, do you think we are still on the right trajectory and will get eight to ten wins this year? Well, I'll let you start. Mine's a very quick. We're top eight, boys. Honestly, yeah, we're top eight. Get around it. Yeah, like, baby. honestly, I was speaking to City's ours once. again, baby. City's we're coming, ours. Mate. We're back. This we're is here. it. This, this is, is it. it. This is it. No, no, but serious. Like Geelong, a good friend of mine is Geelong fan. They got absolutely battered by Gold Coast, and he's talking about. Oh, I reckon we'll have the best percentage. Mm-hmm. Like mindset of theirs is totally different because Geelong haven't got any bad memories. I think for us, it's still raw, isn't it? It's still raw going to GWS yeah. and losing by 16. Yeah. Like with 16 blokes. Fremantle running over us at Marvel. It's so fresh to us that we've been here before. We've seen this movie. It's not funny. Yep. So for me, nothing has changed. Round one to me is where the big dance starts. Four points are on offer. I expect intensity. I expect the best players on the best players. If Ed Kerner, though, this season, I see him for one minute think he's a footballer and not a tagger, I will flip. Yeah. Ed Kerner has to take the best every week. I agree. I agree. I'm just looking here at the Instagram uh, comments as well. There were some good ones, weren't there? Yeah, there were some, there were some can, interesting Can we ones. have the abusive one? That was Yeah, good. we had one that says, why are we so shit? So, I mean, you know, just got to cop that. Um, <laughs> why are we... Uh... Inability to... Are we really, are we really giving no, it no, time? No, no, we will I think it, it's quite easy. Football is the most primitive sport intellectually, so let's break it down into its fundamentals. If you can score from turnovers, you win football matches. All the best teams do it. When you've got midfielders who are getting 20 touches going at 57%, you are playing their game style. It's a very heavy transitional game takes playing. Basically says we turn it over in the centre of the park. Good night, Irene. Yeah. That is why we were shit. Helena.Petru says, are the Marsh series an accurate reflection of how our preseason has been? 100%. If you don't yeah. win the Marsh series, don't bother turning up. No, but I think in terms oh, of what are you training... joking? <laughs> it's basically just a glorified training exercise. I mean, come on. Do you think Geelong got battered by yeah. Gold Coast? Do you think Gold Coast are going to beat Geelong? Yeah. Round what? Whenever they play this year? Do you I... reckon Gold Coast are going to beat Port Adelaide? Yeah. Guarantee you now, Port Adelaide will beat Gold Coast by over 35. I remember a particular point in the preseason which has stuck out to me and it kind of, I've, I've married the two situations together and made the connection. So there was a moment in one of the open sessions that I went to and Liam Jones was walking along the bench with one of the assistant coaches and he was having a conversation with him and uh, he said a comment, words to the effect of, when it gets going, it's good. And it's pretty much the same thing. When we get going, we look good. It's just a matter of when it actually happens. And I think we're still going to be that inconsistent 100%. side. I, I remember speaking to Chozza last year and him saying the same thing. When yeah. they are on, when we're on in training, yeah. it looks... It, I, I remember him using the words West Coast-like, yeah. which I was at the time going, God, this guy's off his head. Yeah. But I've heard it now from a few players. Fisher, I've heard say it. When it goes right, it looks good. Cripps has said it. 
I do believe if you actually break down the style and just try and get away from the stats, it was like yesterday, the commentators were annoying me. Oh, Dow's having a really good game. Let's hope he gets to 20. Disposals yeah, mean Jack Diddley yeah, squat yeah. because what I always do when I look at disposals is I deduct their percentage. So if you're at 33% and you've had 18, in real life, you've only had six touches mm-hmm. because 12 of them have been turned over into goals. Mm-hmm. So to me, let's just look at the Marsh series for what it is. 22 people need to have a game. We've got game time. I think we know now if, if Murphy or Ed or Crips, anything happens to them, Jesus, you're going to have to start ringing other clubs and seeing if they can take on membership at this time. Welcome to Fremantle Abroad. Fremantle Abroad. (laughs) But genuinely, I don't think it's anything to panic about yet. Because if we actually are honest with ourselves, and I implore everyone to do what I do, watch the game five times. It's really hard work. That's very intricate. I've watched that five times, honestly, and it it breaks my heart sometimes. Like Watching that third quarter the fifth time, Yeah. Honestly, it's tough. I started listening to The Cure mentally in my head. I was like literally at death's door. Yeah. But start looking at other things. And there is some positives. The ball movement's good. And I was thinking, if this hit target, that was a goal. Yep. If this didn't happen, it was a goal. It's yep. a learning curve. They have to learn. So let's give them to Richmond. Let's not jump off them. Yep. These poor boys watch this show, some of them. Yep. Heaven forbid. So let's get behind them and believe. Agreed. Agreed. Evan89 Scott on Instagram. Big long question. I love like Instagram. It. Love an Instagram handle. I'm always scared. Instagram. O- open question here from a diehard blue supporter. After what seems to have been a solid preseason, why are we as a club lacking so much skill by foot? Watching the last two games has left me in disbelief, disbelief at how few targets we are hitting going forward and through the corridor. I still have faith. However, the player's standard, in my opinion, is not good enough at the basic level not working hard enough off the footy both ways and consistently turning the footy over through poor kicking and poor decision-making. How do we fix this as a collective? That is something where we as fans need to unfortunately step back and it's one of those things that's out of our hand. We're going to support no matter what. We're going to find a way to support whether it's you know good or bad. Um, but that's really on the players. You know, We've put a lot of faith in these guys to be the group that take us forward. So there's nothing we can really do as fans, but hopefully the boys are all watching this and you know, really hear these comments and, and something sort of ticks in their, in their head. Well, I mean, to get to where they are, they've got to have a standard. Yeah. They have to have a standard. One thing I will say, and I kind of disagree with you in a way, I do think we set the standard for the club. Yeah. I do think we are allowed to say this isn't acceptable because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, whether you like it or not, we pay money for this football club. Good money, so a lot of money. You have to, you can't just say the club doesn't owe you anything because, do you know what I mean? You don't go to Carl's and pay $50 and not expect meat in your pasty, dear. <laughs> so, like, you've got to expect s- something back. And I think we drive the standards. So I think he's totally right. Sometimes the ball use is deplorable. The entries inside 50 is amateurish yeah, at yeah. times. But for me, that's up to the co- us to say, this isn't what we want. Yep. And get behind the boys. Because the more you support the boys, the less you're going to have this mistake. Yep. McGovern said to me at Best and Ferris, the noise is like having another player there. He wanted to jump on the top of someone's head and take that mark because of the noise. Mm-hmm. So what we can do is we can get upset, but we can be constructive. We can't go around and say, Patrick, Paddy Dow's a hack. Yep. We can say, though, Paddy Dow needs to clean up his disposal. Yep. What we'd like to see is him play halfback or half forward or play in the VFL. But get behind him when he plays. Mm-hmm. And I do think he's right. I think my observation is our midfield needs to look up once in a while when they enter 50. Yep. Because there's so many times a player leads and we hit it to the guy with three blokes on him. 
those are the signs of the better teams, the ones that are able to lower their eyes and hit you that just, little I kick. think sometimes you just got to have the confidence. And Fisher does it quite a lot recently, I've noticed. He actually does that little stutter step mm-hmm. to slow down. And it's something you watch Neil do. When he runs, he does this kind of little stutter step, which slows him down. Yep. And you can see he's assaying the situation, then delivers it. Walsh is guilty of this. He just runs and boots the thing. Yeah. Bit of danger field about him. I love that. Though. Love it. While she's the best player in the comp, boys, get around it. Love it. Righto. So, well, that's been an hour. Was it? That's been unbelievable. Um, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And if you're joining us a little later, this will be our home uh, every Monday, 7 p.m. This will be Blue Broad HQ. So there'll be no static. Definition will be nice. It's good to be in HD. Um, and so I obviously want to thank Shad again and Assertive Media for having us here. And uh, this being you know, the second home for Blue Broad, I guess. Dan, thank you for Pleasure, my friend. coming out here and um, have a great week, everyone. There'll be a lot more coming throughout the week and go the Blue Boys go and girls.